From the Epistle of St. Paul to the Galatians, chapter 4. Brethren, it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, the son of the free woman through promise. Now this is an allegory. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery. She is Hagar. Now Hagar is at Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, for she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one that does not bear. Break forth and shout, Thou who art not in travail. For the desolate hath more children than she hath a husband. Now we, brethren, like Isaac, are children of promise. But as at this time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him, who was born according to the Spirit, so it is now. But what does the Scripture say? Cast out the slave and her son, for the son of the slave should not inherit with the son of the free woman. So, brethren, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. In the Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 6. At that time, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a multitude followed him, because they saw the signs which he did on those who were diseased. Jesus went up into the hills, and there sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes, then, and seeing them, a multitude was coming to him. Jesus said to Philip, How are we to buy bread, so that these people may eat? This he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii would not be enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place, so the men sat down, a number about five thousand. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to them, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the fragments left over, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves, left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign which he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the hills by himself. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. The sanctuary lamp burns today in loving memory of May Higdon. Our second collection is for repairs and replacements in the parish. The St. Agnes Linton Reflection Series continues this Wednesday, and the next talk will be presented by Father Christopher Decker. You'll be reflecting upon St. Joseph and his silence. If you can't attend in person, the Linton Reflections are live streamed via our parish Facebook page. The Knights of Columbus will be selling Easter lilies after all Masses beginning next weekend. The flowers are $8 and will be used for the decoration of the church at Easter. We thank you for helping to keep our church beautiful throughout the liturgical year. 
There are still numerous spots remaining in our parish program of fasting and prayers for vocations. I'd ask you please to see the bulletin for those details. The bulletin boards have have information on the upcoming consecration to St. Joseph. The books on order have arrived and can be picked up at the parish office during the week. And many thanks to the kind souls who volunteer weekly for the cleaning of the church after the masses. Any volunteers uh, who would like to stay after uh, to aid with that effort uh, are certainly appreciated. This Holy Mass is being offered for Clotio Gidri. Rejoice, O Jerusalem, and come together, all you who love her. Rejoice with joy, you that have been in sorrow, that you may exult and be filled from the breasts of your consolation. The Psalms speak in reference to this reality of Jerusalem, often viewed as a mother. Jerusalem, who would nurse her children with wisdom and knowledge, with piety. And indeed, we too have a mother who comes to nurse us in the Spirit, our mother, the Church. She comes to fill our souls with the grace of God, and today, in a particular way, to fill us with holy joy. Letare Jerusalem, rejoice, O Jerusalem. A call for us to lift up our hearts in the Lord, to rejoice, to exult, to be filled with joy. Numerous times, in one single verse, we are invited to have our hearts lifted up to God. It's a reality that Mother Church gives to us on this day after several weeks of having been in the Lenten season. We come to the halfway point of sorts, Leitare Sunday, as it's traditionally known by the entrance Santafon, the introit. It's on this day that we don the rose-colored vestments, one of only two days in the liturgical year that we can break out the pink. It's, it's, if you want to call it pink, it's okay. It's fine. There's not great debate. So it's one of the two days where we can break out the, the, the joyful celebratory color. Still penitential. We're not quite towards the white, right? We break out the, the rose. The time when we recognize that, that our, our, our joy is present, that our penance has a purpose, that there is something more at work here. It's on this Sunday, is the, the one Sunday in the, during the course of the season of Lent, the, the uh, Annunciation and St. Joseph's Feast being typical exceptions, <laughs> where we can actually have a bit more of the organ at Holy Mass, where we can make use of the instruments of the church. Again, these little things that Mother Church offers to us to be able for us to enter more deeply into the joy of this occasion. And indeed, it is a time for great joy. Next week, we will begin Passion Time the reflections and the preparations of our heart for the cross of Christ coming in all its fullness in the proclamation on Palm Sunday. We come today, though, with joy. Mother Church inviting us to lift up our hearts and (laughs) basically to, to gather our strength for the final push. The finish line is coming. Get ready. Lift up your hearts. Don't be saddened and downcast. Be prepared. There is great joy to come. On this weekend, it's interesting that we have a reading from John chapter 6. John chapter 6, of course, 
being the reading of the, 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 the section of St. John's Gospel, where we have the, the feeding of the 5,000, which is simply kind of uh, traditionally understood as a prelude to what Christ is going to do. Here today we see that our blessed Lord comes and he has the people lie down in the green grass. A reference, a veiled reference, not a thinly veiled reference, uh, to Psalm 23. The good shepherd who comes to feed us, to nourish our souls. Our blessed Lord looks up and he takes the bread. He blesses it. It's then broken and distributed through the hands of his apostles to the 5,000 and all are filled One of the other miracles is that the only person of 5,000 men that showed up was a little boy who had five five loaves and two fish. Not a single adult came prepared. It was the kid. And he had more than enough for himself. He was going to do just fine. But we have this reading placed here for us as a preparation of our own hearts. John chapter 6, this feeding of the 5,000, of course, then bleeds into, it turns into... Our Lord speaking explicitly about the Eucharist, that he is to be of himself, bread from heaven, that he is to give us truly to eat his flesh, truly to drink his blood. And if we have these things, we have life. And if we do not have these things, we do not. Mother Church intentionally calling to mind those realities Much like our blessed Lord, who on the cross said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And left all the rest of the psalm for people to understand. Mother Church much does the same. Here today, she gives us the first part of John 6 and understands that we know the rest of the story. We know that our Lord speaks explicitly of the Eucharist. And Mother Church, like a loving mother, inviting us to prepare our hearts for such. To know that in just a few weeks... Holy Thursday will be upon us, the feast of the institution in the Most Holy Eucharist, an occasion of great joy for the Church, a time of adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, to come to adore, to worship, to bow down before Christ himself, present in this mysterious bread that comes from heaven. And not only this, but to call to mind our invitation to prepare our hearts, if we are not already there, to make our Easter duty. Easter duty being, of course, the reception of Holy Communion. The Mother Church requires of us, as one of her precepts, that indeed we are to receive Holy Communion at least once a year. Not a thing that we have to necessarily encourage people too much today, but in times past, it was a a rare occurrence that you would receive communion so frequently. But indeed for us to recognize that this was an invitation that the Easter season is coming. Prepare your hearts for the Eucharist. Prepare your hearts for Christ. And indeed, we do so today. To recognize that he comes to us. He comes in the Eucharist. In that wonderful veiled presence. Where he himself comes. No no simple sign or symbol. But the fullness of the Godhead. He comes to us. Indeed, we come to and repose, much like the people of old. But rather than sitting upon green grass, we come and kneel to altar rails. And Christ comes to us. He comes through the hands of his priests, just as he did on that first time. His apostles bringing the bread, bringing the fish, that the people might be filled. And so too, the priest comes to you. 
that you might be filled, not in your stomach, but in your soul, that the fullness of grace would flood your soul to strengthen you, to strengthen your resolve to persevere in your Lenten penances and practices that you've decided to take up for love of Christ, to strengthen you to persevere in those things for these last weeks, to strengthen your heart to pick up the cross, to embrace the cross, to pick it up with joy, not with resentment, not with reluctance, not with a mere resignation of acceptance, but with joy, holy joy, because we know that the cross leads to the resurrection and to glory. Our Lord comes to fill us, to strengthen us in these last days. And as such, we rejoice. We are filled with joy. We exult. We come here and allow Christ to continue his saving work. The secret to the Mass today speaks about this reality of the prophets of the offerings for our soul. In translation, look favorably upon these present sacrifices. We beseech thee, O Lord, that they may profit us unto both devotion and salvation. The Eucharist increases within us love of Christ, devotion, and ultimately to the fullness of the love of Christ poured upon us in the salvation of our soul. This is one of the reasons that, that in, the, in the time of Holy Communion, uh, at the Novus Ordo, when, we, when, the, when the person receives communion, the response is, Amen. But in the, in the extraordinary form, the priest says, Amen. Because what the priest is praying is not simply a, a profession of faith in the Eucharist. When, when a person comes forward in the ordinary form of the Mass, you say the body of Christ and you say amen. It's sort of a, a sort of profession of belief in the Eucharist, a, a sort of a understanding, a, a wholehearted commitment to receive Christ into oneself. In the extraordinary form, a person simply opens to receive, to receive our blessed Lord on the lips, on the tongue. And the priest prays. He prays, may the body of Christ preserve your soul into everlasting life. Amen. What we receive is not simply just a, a union with Christ. It is unto our devotion for love of Christ. It is unto our salvation. It is the medicine of eternity, without which we have not eternity. We have nothing to look forward to. But with it, it is all joy all grace, because it is Christ who comes to us, individually as he always does, knowing us by name, knowing the needs of our heart, the places where we are empty, he comes with his grace to fill us. May God grant us the grace today to open our hearts to him, to receive him with great joy, that our hearts indeed may rejoice, looking forward to the holy weeks ahead.